Welcome back to Tea Time Reports, everybody. Thank you for joining me once again for today's next installment of the Windy City Reports covering the Bears. Thank you all for joining. I cannot thank you guys enough. I said it three times already in this first 15 seconds. But it's it's been fun. Not only covering the Bears, getting more in tune with the Bears, getting more active on Bears Twitter, and just interacting with more Bears fans due to this installment, you know. So it's it's really cool. And there's a lot of negative media and a lot of negative narratives all over the Bears, and there has been for some time. And things like this, this installment, I really hope can sort of change that narrative over time. So that's what I'm doing it for, and just because of my deep love and passion for the Bears. But we have a lot to get into today. Um, I haven't covered the Bears um, as far as doing like an episode in a couple weeks. I've missed both preseason games as far as getting coverage on them. So today we're going to sort of touch on both preseason games. I didn't miss them as far as viewership. I watched both of them, of course. Um, but I just haven't been able to get the time to get this episode out. But it's okay. It gives me more to talk about for this one. We can sum up both preseason games. We can sum up some other news. There's a lot of injury news going around <clears throat> involving the Bears, which kind of sucks because we were really fortunate to avoid the injury bug throughout most of mini camp and training camp and OTAs. But it looks like it's finally starting to catch up to us now. Um, but other than that, there's some other rumors and stuff going on. And I'm going to touch on them, give my opinion, and really just see whether or not I feel like it's something worth even putting a thought and attention to, thinking that like this might happen or just some hocus bogus bullshit and someone trying to get some clickbait, which happens quite often, unfortunately. But going on to the first preseason game, I'm going to cover the Bears and the Titans week one preseason matchup. Touched a little bit on it in the um, NFL preseason coverage of week one, but I wanted to save the rest of it for this for this um, episode. But wow, what a start to that game was. Obviously, I've sort of come down from the... Um, the hype train that was that first game where Justin Fields had two screen passes, both taking 60-plus yards to the house. DJ Moore's first ever touch in a Bears uniform is a 60-plus yard fucking screenplay to the house. That's what we brought him in here for. Dude, I can only imagine the scenes at Soldier Field when DJ Moore caught that ball and ran it to the house. Yes, it's preseason, I know. I know. But that's not that's not what we're getting into here. We're, it's just the fact that we finally have something that we can look forward to on the offensive end at the receiver position. DJ Moore is a superstar. I've been trying to tell people this since we got him, even before we got him. And coming to Soldier Field, coming to play for the Bears, we're really going to see all of it on full display. But I mean, Justin Field's stat line that game, 3 for 3, 129 yards and 2 touchdowns. All three of his completions were all just checkdowns. Nice and simple, got him in, got him out, didn't show too much. But just, just got him some fresh reps, you know? And when, when you have playmakers like Khalil Herbert and DJ Moore that you can just give them the ball in space and that's what happens, it makes the job a lot easier for Justin Fields. And he still gets credit for it on the stat line. Um, but it's, it's just funny to see, like, no matter what, no matter what, people are going to find some angle to come at Justin Fields and attack him. Like, by no means was anybody saying, oh my god, Justin Fields, 3 for 3, 130 yards, 2 touchdowns, he's the best quarterback ever. No, everybody knows all three of his plays were checkdowns and screen passes. passes. Nobody's saying that, like, he's this glorified all-world passer now because of that, but some people are still trying to find a way to attack it and make angles. Like, 
Oh, he didn't even do much. His air yards for that game were like minus six. He threw the ball backwards more than he threw it forward. Shut the fuck up, man. Like, you're just trying to find some relevance to hate. Like, how miserable are you? How miserable are you? Like, literally. Just shut the fuck up. And let the dude play. Like, he did nothing warranted for any type of criticism. He went out there, followed the script, and his playmakers made plays. But he's still getting hate for it. And that just goes back to the negative narrative that is around Justin Fields and the Bears as a whole by the media. And it's just such a fucking shame, especially when you have the longest-lasting franchise in all of the NFL, one of the most storied franchises, if not the most storied franchise in all of the NFL. And it just gets all this hate. It's just fucking bogus. And there's so many people in this media world that have jobs that do not deserve it. And I'm not going to be one that stands here on a pedestal saying I do or I have all these credentials. But it's like the, the opinions and the takes that these people have, it's like you're just a waste of fucking space at this point in this industry. And I mean that. I really do. Because whether it's with the Bears or just other sports or other players, other teams in general, the, the type of takes that come out of these media members' mouths, it's just asinine. Whether it's from the commentating, from the from the press conferences, from social media, no matter what. Um, but to break that game down some more, um, Nathan Peterman also came in, got some reps, 4 for 6, 58 yards, looked decent. Um, I mean, Nathan Peterman, known for his infamous 6 interception game, you know, I've never been that much of a fan of him. But this preseason, he's kind of balled out. I will give him that. Um, Tyson Badgett had 4 for 5, 37 yards. We're going to touch more on him as we get into the Colts preseason game week 2. Um, Roshan Johnson that game had 12 carries 44 yards he couldn't really do much behind that third team O-line um, it was hard to find a separation find any gaps so a lot of his runs were just stuffed and that's why his average is so bad um, Khalil Herbert didn't really get many touches out of the backfield that game but I mean just look at this stat line DJ Moore one catch 65 yards Khalil Herbert one catch 56 yards Isaiah Ford one catch 37 yards Darius Fountain one catch 25 yards those are all big plays all big plays, all coming from different parts of the offense. Second, first, and third team. I don't know why I said it in that order, but I did. Um, Velas Jones is continuing to look more and more like a bust. I, I still think he's going to make our 53-man roster, but if I was Ryan Poles, if I had any decision-making in the Bears front office, I would not continue to have him on the roster, unfortunately. He's just had chance after chance. It hasn't panned out. You can't just keep giving this guy chances. Um, it's the NFL. You know, there's no room for error in these types of things. And he's already muffing punts again. That's what his downfall was last year, and he's still doing it. Tariq Cohen's healthy now. He said he's ready to play football. If I was Ryan Poles, if I was the Bears, is as, as far as solving that kick return and punt returner problem, you got to give Tariq Cohen a look, man. you got to. And not only for the fans, but for the team. Um, Tyreek Stevenson had seven tackles in that first game against Tennessee. Looked really, really solid, really good. You can just see his tenacity, see his intensity, his aggressiveness on full display in that game. And you can also see it on display um, in the Colts game, but in a negative way, which I'll touch into as well. But what really stood out to me in this first week against the Titans was, one, yes, DJ Moore, Khalil Herbert stealing the show on offense. But other than that, it was our defense. Our defense making plays and our rookies as well. We had eight sacks against Tennessee. Eight. And this this is coming from the Bears defense that was bottom in the league by far last year at, at number 32 in sacks as a defense. Eight sacks. One from Micah Baskerville, rookie. Undrafted rookie. One from Noah Sewell, rookie. One from Zach Pickens, rookie. Two 
from T Terrell R Lewis, I believe another rookie. One and a half from Jalen Harris and half a sack from Travis Bell, another rookie. Our rookies were just all over the field. It was a good game from, I mean, Travis Gibson had the best game, though. Um, had three tackles, two assists, two assisted tackles. Um, had that sack as well. Then also had like three other, four other QB hurries and pressures. He was he was making a, a case for himself to tell everybody, like, look, stop sleeping on me. I mean, we were all were sleeping on him, reasonably so, but I think he's starting to realize, like, this is my last chance this season for Travis Gibson. And he's he's definitely making his case. But eight sacks as a defense. We had two picks as well. It was all, all around just a great defensive performance. I mean, the first team defense had a couple blown coverages to start, but we were still missing in Gawkway, um, Demarcus Walker, Tremaine Edmonds, Jaquan Brisker. Still a lot of key foundational pieces of that defense at all three levels, D-line, linebacker, and secondary. But overall, it was, it was a great game, whether it was the instant excitement and pure joy of watching DJ Moore take it to the house on his first ever touch or the very next drive, Khalil Herbert doing the same thing. Or it was all the all the rookies and the defensive players making plays and just coming out and doing the complete opposite of what we've known for this defense the last the last year two years you know and it was it was really impressive to see and it just all goes back to Ryan Poles and his ability to draft once again yes still this was still only one game into preseason can't write too much into it but Micah Baskerville man what is it with Poles and just finding these undrafted free agent linebackers. Jack Sanborn last year, we saw what he did once he burst onto the scene after we traded Roquan Smith. Micah Baskerville is that same type of guy. Undrafted, free agent, rookie linebacker, and is just balling in preseason right now. Just absolutely balling. Um, Noah Sewell is really, really making the case for himself to get that third linebacker um, backup spot, maybe even starting spot. Um, I mean, at this point, I think it's Sanborn's job to lose. But Noah Sewell is definitely making the case and living up to the to the profile that was um, out on him coming coming into the draft in this offseason, man. Um, but just going into some other team stats as well. You know, you never want to look too far into it, but like I said, we only allowed two sacks. The Titans allowed eight. That's, that's very, very encouraging. We did have two fumbles lost. I think um, Tyler Scott was one of them which was his welcome to the NFL moment for sure. But overall, we got the dub. Had a lot of high, high moments in that game and some lows. But I'm going to take all the highs with the lows that we had in that game any day. Um, next game, we just lost to the Colts. But it was one of those things where, yes, it's preseason. I don't give a fuck. But overall, there was a lot more positives to take from this game than there was negatives. Um, biggest positive being Tyson Badgett making a case and making a push for that QB2 backup role to Justin Fields. Undrafted quarterback out of Shepard. Division two record setting quarterback. I'm a huge fan on this guy. I knew about him before he even um, got drafted by the Bears. His dad was an all-time great arm wrestler. So you he has the genetics as far as arm strength and arm talent. And you can see that all over the place. But the one thing about this kid is his fucking composure. His composure and his poise and his comfort in the pocket orchestrating an offense is unlike anything I've seen as far as a undrafted free agent quarterback coming out of college. 
in this game against the Colts, I think it was the only drive Badgett had. No, I think he had two drives, but this this drive, he went 92 yards, 17 plays, went 8 for 9 on that drive, and had 70 yards, and ended up punching it in with a rushing touchdown to cap it off. And he was making audibles at the line. He had a bootleg dart down the field to, I think it was either, I think it was Webster, who the broadcast team kept calling Velas Jones Jr., which I'm going to touch on that as well after I go over the stat lines for this game, because... The fucking broadcast team was terrible. Terrible. Bears Twitter were letting them have it, bro. Whether it was on the Colts broadcast or the NFL Network broadcast, it was just pitiful. The fact that those people had broadcasting jobs makes me feel a little bit better for me pursuing a career in that one day. Um, but Tyson Badgett told us, stole the show. Roshan Johnson stole the show as well. It was a night and day difference from seeing P.J. Walker up there out there with the second team offense and seeing Tyson Badgen out there at the second team offense. PJ Walker looks very bad. I loved the backup signing, someone similar to Justin Fields as far as play style. I already has chemistry with DJ Moore, so that's a win-win all around in that aspect. But this preseason man, he just has not looked good. And Tyson Badgen has. Um, among some of the highest graded rookies in all the preseason so far. And like I said, dude, I've just the way he orchestrated that drive is is something that's very promising and it's like it's it'll catch your eye it really will catch your eye I know all Bears fans have seen it but if you have it if you're just an objective football fan go watch that drive and get back to me on on what your thoughts on that was because you can just tell he's making audibles doing bootlegs throwing darts to the right um, and he's you can just tell he's so cool and calm and collected in the pocket at all times he was not rattled at all he wasn't, and it's just you don't see that from a rookie undrafted quarterback trying to make a name for himself in this league, you know. Um, Robert Burns had eight carries, 40 yards. Roshan Johnson, seven carries, 32 yards. Nothing crazy on the stat line, but if you actually go back and watch those seven runs, you're going to be impressed. Um, Nathan Peterman had four runs for 22 yards. Um, Deontay Foreman only three runs for 12 yards, but he looked he looked pretty good as well. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Deontay Foreman. I really love the backfield that we have. And a running back by committee backfield with these three guys I think will be fucking amazing. Um, Darius Fountain had five catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Had a beautiful catch from a beautiful throw by Nathan Peterman late in that game. Nathan Peterman balled out too. Eight for eight there, 10 for 18, 115 yards and one touchdown. Like I said, the biggest thing that stood out to me in this game was Tyson Badgett and Roshan Johnson. On that drive alone, they were just hand-in-hand -hand tearing apart that Colts defense and both sort of made a name for themselves and solidified a case for both of them being the backups, whether it's Badgett being QB2 or Rojo being RB2, you know? And Isaiah, Isaiah Ford, two catches, 31 yards, and Simba Webster who the broadcast team kept calling Velas Jones, three catches, 18 yards. Other than that, the starters didn't play this game. Um, Khalil Herbert didn't, Justin Fields didn't, DJ Moore. None of the starters played this game, really. Um, so it was it was really cool to see what we had more of from Badgett, Rojo, and some of these other guys, especially Fountain and Webster. I enjoyed watching them the other day. Um, Steven Carlson as well, he caught my eye. Had a couple had one drop that was just a better play by the defender than anything else 
but he's a big ass motherfucker and he he was active on special teams too just delivering the hit stick to people man and this was another thing from that broadcast okay so steven carlson let me let me do this for you real quick he's a tight end he's 6'4 240 pounds um where's number 88 i think i might be wrong um during preseason he had a hit on a punt return and the broadcaster called him travis homer number 20 Number 20, Travis Homer, was mistakenly called out on this play. Someone who's 5'10 and 200 pounds was mistaken. And, and, and light-skinned. I think Travis Homer's light-skinned, too. Yeah, he's a light-skinned. Steven Carlson is white. He's white, 6, 7 inches taller, and 45 pounds thicker. And the broadcast team called him Travis Homer. On top of Colin Webster, Velas Jones, every time. And Webster has dreads that go down past his numbers. Velas Jones doesn't. It was such an embarrassing broadcast. And not even that, they got the graphics wrong twice. At the start of the game, they had the graphic, 2023 Bears defense, whatever. And it had the offense listed. P.J. Walker, Deontay Foreman, um, Dante Pettis. It had the fucking offense listed. Then they did the same thing for the Colts. It was just such a shame. You could tell these commentators had no idea what the fuck they were doing. The broadcast team, the producers had no idea what the fuck they were doing either. All around, it was just terrible. But whether it's preseason performances on the field or preseason performances on the booth, it's you can tell it's preseason. Um, even the refs were terrible, man. That ref, um, he didn't know what the fuck he was calling. Every time there was a penalty, every word he would stutter. He would have to look over at his other judge and get the call and get the number he, it was just it was a shit show um pickens and dexter both very very well flashed in this game as well they had some bright spots aj thomas led the team in tackles kendall williamson had two tackles or three tackles two assisted tackles he was all over the field um Mikel walker had four tackles in his in an assist in his first preseason performance with the bears just signed him over from atlanta zach pickens had three tackles almost had a sack too i think or a qb pressure um Terrell Lewis with another sack and two more tackles. Yeah, man, it just it goes back to these rookies are just really performing good. Um, Backersville didn't have this good of a week. Gibson didn't have that good of a week either. Both had three assisted tackles, and we're getting in the backfield. Javon Dexter just missed his first sack, but he was blowing blowing plays up and causing causing havoc in the middle of the in the middle of the O line, middle of the trenches on run plays and just blowing up quick pass pass plays as well. It's just, it's cool to see all these rookies perform, man. And I just really hope it can translate to the regular season because there's nothing better than getting a rookie that can play for you and perform at a high level for the first three, four years without even having to really pay them any real money. So, yeah, overall, this game was nowhere near as exciting or nowhere near as, um, I guess, enticing, too. And, like, it didn't bring out as much as the first one did. Um, against the Titans with the DJ Moore touchdown and the Khalil Herbert touchdown and the eight sacks and the two interceptions and all that type of stuff. But this game was just more so tailored around the second and third teams and getting them some more some more time on their own and seeing what they can do. You know, Nathan Peterman had 18 passes. Badgett got more looks this game as well, and he really made the most of it. And Bears Twitter was blowing up during this game all about Badgett and all about the broadcast. <laughs> They they really were. It was it was cool to be involved on there and, and interacting with all the Bears fans, just talking shit about the broadcast team and 
seeing everyone sort of share that same hype with with Tyson Badgett as well. Um, looking at the Colts that game, Darnell Minshew looked really, really good. He looked like a solid backup quarterback. And this was right after they announced AR-15 as the starter as well. Sam Ellinger had a great game. He's honestly the reason the Colts ended up winning this game. Um, he ended up throwing 9 for 14, 124 yards. Ended up getting 8 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown on the ground as well. Shout out to him, man. I, I enjoyed watching him at Texas. And I don't think he'll really ever get a legit shot at the NFL. But it's it's cool to see these names that you you've known for a while balling and doing their thing in in, uh, in the preseason. But yeah, other than that, I mean, there was no turnovers. It was a very clean game from both sides. But something that sort of came out here as of late, um, relating to the Colts and the Bears, is the Jonathan Taylor trade rumors. He's now officially been granted permission to seek a trade out of Indianapolis and. The rumors going around now are the three teams that are involved or have shown the most interest are the Bears, um, are also the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Um, now, as, as far as my personal thoughts go, would I love to have Jonathan Taylor? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do I know what would come with that as far as the trade and what type of money and contract we would give him? No, and that does worry me because I don't want—I don't think we should be giving up too much for this guy. I mean, maybe a second day, two second day picks at the most, um, and maybe like another fringe player. But then I don't know how much we're gonna pay this guy either. We—I know we have the money, but you never want to just lock down running backs and give them that much money. It's—it's um, it's tough because I really, really, really like where the Bears' running back room is right now with Khalil Herbert, with Deontay Foreman, with, with Rojo. And it's just like, if we get JT in here, one or two of those guys are never going to see the light of day. And it's just a shame because I want to I want to have all of them see the light of day. I really think this running back committee will turn a lot of heads. It's a very inexperienced one, but a very underrated one. Khalil Herbert is very, very underrated. I don't care what you say. He's shifty. He's elusive. He's quick. But he's also smart. He has very good vision, and he's hard to tackle. He really is. Um, a couple years ago, it was the year after the Bucks won their Super Bowl. Um, the Bucks still had a very, very stout front seven, um, top three run defense going in to the to the Week Eight matchup that we actually lost 38 to three against the Bucks that year. I was at that game, but I think it was a Week Eight matchup, and up until that that matchup in Week Eight, there has not been one running back that eclipsed 100 yards against that Bucks front seven in all eight weeks leading up to that game and Khalil Herbert as a rookie rushed for over 100 yards against that Bucks defense with a Vita Vea, with a Levante David, with a Devin White, um, with a Shaq Barrett. They might have still even had um, a Dom no they didn't have Sue at the time anymore but still man as a rookie came in there and rushed for 100 yards against the best rushing defense in all the football and was the first one to do it all season long. And once I saw that, I was like, okay, this Herbert kid can be legit. And I'm still really up in the air about how many carries RB1 will get this season. And Herbert's been listed as RB1 officially, I believe, to start the season. But in a running back by committee like this, especially when you have Foreman, especially when you have Rojo, you know they're going to be getting a lot of touches as well. So it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see. But I would I would really love to see Herbert just go off this season. I, I really would. Um, 
But I mean, we're only one more preseason game away from takeoff, pretty much, bro. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I know, I know Jordan Love has supposedly been looking good and everyone's riding that meat again. But honestly, I have no worry at all right now about the Packers and about Jordan Love until they actually beat us week one. That's when I'll actually have some worry. But until that happens, if that happens, I'm riding the Bears out all the way week one. I think the Bears are going to absolutely smash the Packers. I think Jordan Love is going to be a bust. I really do. I'm just not sold on him. I don't give a fuck if he's making good throws in preseason. Call me a hater. Call me a skeptic. Call me what you want. He's made some good throws. He has. He's looked good. I'll admit it. But until it translates and he does it against our defense, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. And I'm still going to ride by him being a bust. And I'm still just not that impressed. He doesn't look confident from what I've seen. Like I said, I haven't watched the last preseason game and a half. So he might look completely different. I've just heard things and seen videos in camp. But I'm not. I'm just not worried. But it, it makes you look at the 53-man roster coming up to week one. And it, start thinking, like, who's going to make the cut? Who's not going to make the cut? I mean, um, according to Bears Talk, Bears Talk dropped, dropped an article. I think it was by Brian Perez himself. Oh, no. Pete Martunek. Martunek. Sorry if I butchered that, man. But um, just sort of gave his predictions on the final 53-man roster. And just looking over it. I probably would have picked the same exact roster just based off of realism and what I think is going to happen. Nothing really caught my eye too much um, as far as names that like, wow, why why the fuck would we keep him? Or I'm, I'm, I probably think we should cut him. Or maybe we're cutting someone we're like, oh, I think we should keep him. Other than that, no, not really. I mean, and just all it did is just make me feel even better about this group. It really did. Um, what no matter what position bro I feel comfortable with every single position on this roster right now on paper at least we have no idea what will translate to the regular season ball but on paper whether it's the quarterback with Justin Fields PJ Walker Tyson Badgett or maybe Justin Fields PJ Walker Nathan Peterman or Justin Fields Tyson Badgett Nathan Peterman and PJ Walker just cut already just like that um, but running back Khalil Herbert Deontay Foreman Rojo Kyrie Blasting Game and Travis Homer. We already know the main three. Blasting Game is more of a power and fullback blocking type of guy. Homer's a special teams guy. Wide receiver DJ Moore, Donnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Tyler Scott, Equinemia St. Brown, Velas Jones. Only one I would change with that is I would cut Velas Jones and keep Dante Pettis on there. Um, tight end Cole Komet, Robert Tanya, and Mercedes Lewis. No surprise there. I'd be shocked if there's any other names on there that we see. O-line, Bradston Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, Darnell Wright, Larry Borum, Lucas Patrick, and Jatyree Carter. I love every single one of those guys on there, to be honest. Lucas Patrick is the one I have the most doubt in and the most reservations about, but no surprise there. I think that's spot on as far as what is going to be on the 53-man roster in the offensive line position. A lot of versatility in that group a lot of versatility as far as just positional wise and being able to place people in different areas and um oh yeah t before i forget yeah tevin jenkins supposedly yeah some bad injury news is dealing with a calf injury um expected to miss about a month at the most so i mean maybe we'll see him by week three week four which i really hope is not the case you know a top three rated guard last year in his position was really starting to turn some heads and 
like I said, we were very fortunate to avoid the injury bug throughout mini camp, throughout OTAs, throughout training camp. But it looks like it's starting to catch up to my friend Tevin Jenkins for sure. But he's he's had injury problems before. He's battled with similar injury problems, and he's come back and he's continued to play well and prove himself. So until anything comes out about it being too major or too serious, I'm not going to stress too much. Um, but what that does leave you with is who's going to be playing that left guard position week one, week two, week three, however many weeks until he's out. Do you move someone like Jatari Carter in there and give him a chance or um, miss and match somebody, somebody else in there? Or do you move Cody Whitehair back to his guard position and put Lucas Patrick at center? I don't know. I, I, I hate to keep moving centers for Justin Fields and I just want him and Cody Whitehair to just sort of be established with one another. So that way Fields doesn't have to worry about that. And I honestly just want to see um, Jatari Carter at that left guard and see what he can do. He's impressed me the most this preseason as far as like second team, third team offensive lineman. Second round, or second, seventh round pick out of um, last year, 2022's draft out of Southern University. Looked good. I mean, he's he's had to fight for himself, you know, and fight to survive in this, in this league. You know, he fought for a roster spot last year being a seventh round pick. He's getting a roster spot this year as well so it just goes back to these fucking gems that ryan poles are drafting is drafting man especially in the trenches anything that's in the trenches that's a decision made by ryan poles i'm i'm never gonna have any doubts about um defensive line yannick and demarcus walker terrell lewis dominique robinson justin jones andrew billings Javon Dexter, Zach Pickens, Travis Gibson. Really, really solid group on paper, in my opinion. Obviously, you have question marks in there with the rookies, but they've had a lot of flashes in this preseason and throughout OTA so far, throughout training camp. And they're coming from the SEC. Anyone that comes from the SEC, I'm going to feel better about this. Sorry, I had to plug in my computer. Probably lost me a little bit there. But anyone that's coming from the SEC... As far as raw talent that just needs to be refined at the NFL level, I'm going to feel more comfortable about coming from any other conference or any other college in the world. Um, but yeah, the ones that are really going to stand out to me, well, minus rookie. So let's let's take Javon Dexter, let's take Zach Will, uh, Pickens out of it, Terrell Lewis out of it as well. I believe he's a rookie. Obviously, I'm going to be looking at the impact that Ngakwe is going to have right away. But other than that, what I'm going to be watching the most from this D-line is Travis Gibson and um, uh, I'm having a brain fart here. Who was it? Uh, Andrew Billings. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because Andrew Billings, he's he's going to fucking fill that gap in the middle of that nose tackle position. And I'm not so much his performance I'm looking at, but I'm trying to look at how much of his game and knowledge and IQ will wear off on the rookies like Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. And with Travis, Travis Gibson, I'm just trying to see what he can do this year to salvage, salvage his career, whether it's with the Bears or not with the Bears. Um, one thing that did catch my eye, though, about this is that they left they left Travis Bell out of making the roster spot on the D-line as well. And it, it, it does suck. I, I really don't want that to happen, but there's just a lot of talent in front of them. That I just that I just listed off. It's gonna be hard to see if he makes that roster spot, but it is on record. Ryan Poles is on record saying that Travis Bell is one of his favorite people of all time. So that that would definitely be a hard conversation to have. Um, going to linebacker: Tremaine Edmonds, T.J. Edwards, Jack Sanborn, Noah Sewell, Micah Baskerville, 
Dylan Cole, and DeMarquise Gates. I feel great about our linebackers. I probably feel more comfortable about our linebackers than I do anywhere else on this Bears roster. Um, I mean, those first three, Edmonds, Edwards, and Sanborn, really good. Then I've already touched on Sewell and Baskerville just shining this up preseason so far. Both rookies, both looking really good, and you can tell they're hungry. You can really tell they're hungry. Moving to secondary, pretty much the same exact secondary as last year. The only difference are the two rookies, Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith. Um, but to round them out, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, Elijah Hicks, Jalen Jones, and A.J. Thomas. A.J. Thomas is actually impressed in preseason so far. It's been fun to watch him. Um, actually, I think I'm mixing up Terrell Lewis with Terrell Smith. I don't believe Terrell Lewis is a rookie. But just to satisfy myself and the listeners, I am going to find out. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. He's a. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah, we got this guy from the from the Rams, former Alabama player, and anyone that goes to Alabama, you know, is fucking legit. And he's been balling the fuck out in preseason. And it's. I think we found a hidden gem in the rough. You know, he was. A practice squad afterthought with the Rams and his first couple years in the league and now he's getting another chance with the Bears and he's making the most out of it so I'm really really curious to see what comes out of that uh, but yeah I was yeah definitely not a rookie I was confusing him with um, the cornerback uh, Terrell Smith who's battling out with um, Tyreek Stevenson right now but yeah what like like I wanted to touch on Stevenson in this Colts game man a complete night and day difference as far as the effect that his tenacity, his intensity, and his aggressiveness was portraying onto the football field. Week one against the Titans, it was great. It translated to a very positive performance. Week two against the Colts translated to a very negative performance. He had an interception go right through his hands in the end zone. He got a very, very, very just stupid unnecessary roughness or unsportsmanlike conduct penalty where he just threw the receiver down to the ground out of bounds honestly pretty aggressively and it would have been a flag no matter what on any team any day it was just not a smart decision and that's the type of things that you want to just get in check and you know I'd rather it be something like that than be something that's intangible you know but you just you can't you can't do that and he's a young player he's gonna learn but I mean if you if it's gonna happen preseason is a time for it to happen and you nip it in the bud there before it gets to regular season. But if if that happens throughout the regular season, man, his days are going to be numbered before he knows it. But overall, another another preseason game with a lot more positives than there was negatives. Um, I just this is the biggest thing that's left right now is quarterback two in that battle. That's going to be the best the biggest thing I'm I'm looking into for this this week three matchup. And it's really going to be curious because. Are really going to be interesting because um, Iberflus has said the door is wide open for this for this quarterback two spot right now, and it's anybody's game. Um, we play the Bills this Saturday, the 26th, and I'm really hoping we get to see. We're obviously going to see Tyson Badgett, but I hope we get to see more of him. I hope we get to see like one to two quarters worth of him, and that's that's really going to give us a lot more information that we need. Um, the fact whether or not this guy can be our quarterback number two and back up Justin Fields. But I just hope he makes the roster. I, I really hope he just makes the roster and actually stays on the roster. Because, man, is he a fucking pleasure to watch, dude. 
it, and I, I think this push for quarterback two is is real. I, I, I really do. Um, but one thing I did want to touch on as well is just some notes and some things that have been coming out of the defensive side of the ball um, from Bears practice heading into this preseason week three matchup. Um, John Hoke, the defensive passing game coordinator and the cornerbacks coach, is still very, very impressed with Tyreek Stevenson's traits and some tangibles. I mean, six foot, 215 pounds at the cornerback position. That's, that's a cornerback coach's dream, honestly. I mean, maybe a little bit taller, but he has, I mean, like I said, he has good ball skills. We, we saw the complete opposite in that Colts game, um, but we just, we got to get rid of the unnecessary roughness penalties. And we actually, I forgot, he did have one in the week one game against Tennessee. That's back-to-back -back weeks he's gotten unnecessary roughness penalties. So he's just got to keep himself in check, man. And if, if that can happen, then I think it's going to be some fucking fireworks on that side of the field from that cornerback position because I think Tyree Stevenson really does have the potential to be special. Um, Dave Borgonzi, linebacker's coach, is just still very, very encouraged on what he sees from Noah Sewell and Micah Baskerville. Um, Sewell has six tackles and a sack in the two preseason games and just showing a lot of, a lot of energy. Um, undrafted rookie from LSU Baskerville has been making plays on defense, been making plays on special teams, and um, has been making plays just breaking up the breaking up passes as well, man. So whether it's making plays on the ball, making plays in the pass game, making plays on special teams, Baskerville is just always around the ball, and that's that just goes to instincts and intangible traits that he has that other players don't. Um, then the last note taken away from it is. Um, Travis Smith, the Bears defensive line coach, is just absolutely thrilled to reunite with Yannick Ngakwe. Um, Travis Smith coached Ngakwe in 2021 with the Raiders, and that was one of Ngakwe's best years and one of Travis Smith's best years as well, according to him. And it's it's really good to see. And it's just, it, it adds another element to that Ngakwe signing that's like, oh, shit. So we already knew that he's played in that system that Eberflus and Allen Williams like to run, but now he's linking back up with his former defensive line coach. That's awesome, man. It really is, and it makes me feel a lot better about it as well. Um, just to go over some other things before I get out of here, um, Steve McMichael reportedly elected to the Pro, Hope, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist. Really good to see that. Mongo, um, I think he's been going through some health issues as well as of late, but it's been positive as far as I remember is the latest report, so that's definitely good to hear, um, but definitely worthy definitely deserving and just another bear that could potentially go into the long list of hall of famers that we already have um another rumor that's i've seen a little bit of in the last day or so is supposedly the bears have been linked to trading for chris jones i don't know why this would happen or if it ever will happen i'm not really riding off on anything I think it would be great i would fucking love to have chris jones and have javon dexter and zach pickens learn from him have him link back up with Ryan Poles. We definitely have the cap. We definitely have the trade assets to make it happen. But I just, I don't really know what it stemmed from, where it came from, or why it's out. So I'm not going to read into it too much, but it's just something that's been sort of floating around lately. Um, but yeah, supposedly Darnell Wright had a little bit of an injury as well on his ankle, but great news came out yesterday. The boot's off. He's doing great. He's walking, running around, and he's on track to start week one which is which is really good but other than that 
that's all I have for you guys today covering Windy City Reports Episode 3. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Once again, make sure you follow the Tea Time pod at all surfaces, all networks, Instagram, Threads, X, TikTok, whatever it is. We're on there. Make sure you go check out my new Bears page as well. It's called Bear Downski. B-E-A-R Downski. S-K-I at the end. Uh, I've always wanted to have a, uh, a Bears fan page where I can just post news, opinions, thoughts, and things going on and just sort of build a positive community for the Bears. And that's sort of what I'm doing now. I'm trying to use this as a another another way to get that going. Um, so make sure you check that out. I haven't started posting on there yet. It's still a work in progress, but I plan to have it ready and fully functioning by week one. So that way we're just smooth sailing throughout the year and... Yeah, man. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Make sure you check out all the socials. Make sure you stay awake. Make sure you stay um, stay hydrated, especially if you live here in Florida. It's hot as fuck. But take care, and as always, bear the fuck down.